Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trade in the Stock Market. And today's question, today's email comes from the other side of the pond, which I'm always excited about. I love getting the international questions as much as the domestic questions. And today this one comes from the land of England, and we're going to call him Rupert, because Rupert is one of the most English-sounding names that I can possibly come up with. Rupert writes, hey Ryan, longtime subscriber to the podcast, and to the trading block as well. Really appreciate all the gains you've helped me achieve, especially the profitable year I had in 2022, which seems to be unheard of in the investing world I'm learning. However, since late December, I have probably had the worst run of my entire trading career. The good news is with good risk management, my account is barely down. The only thing I've struggled with is the choppy nature of the market before it finally chooses a direction. I always have a book on investing or trading on the go Currently, I'm reading the Swing Trading Bible, which mentions short-term envelopes, giving a stock 5 to 15% of wiggle room on the 21-day exponential moving average. Basically, short it at the top of the channel, go long when it drops to the bottom of it, with the stop just outside the range. Having looked at some of the less volatile stocks, maybe like J&J, McDonald's, j and is also Johnson & Johnson for those who didn't know, KO, which is Coca-Cola, the big powerhouse dividend stocks, that is, they seem to fit in the range. Is this a method that you've implemented in your trading before? And if not, why? Is this a very risky form of trading? Thank you for all of your education and support. Your friend, Rupert. All right, Rupert. That was a good email because right now we're in a very choppy market. And I've actually detailed some of my frustrations with this market. It is definitely and absolutely not been the easiest of conditions to have to trade because every day, you have what seems to be like a market reversal. Yes, you had a pretty epic run in January. It lasted into much of February, and then it faded at the very end only for February to finish in the red for the month while January finished higher on the month. Now we're in the month of March. The market's trying to take back off again, off of the 200-day moving average on SPY, off of the 200 on the Qs, and everybody's feeling bullish again. And then 
we get the Jay Powell testimony before Congress and it sinks the market. So there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of choppiness. And it seems like most of the moves that we get out of this market, they only last like two or three days at the most. And so it's really frustrating. It's frustrating from a long side. It's frustrating from a short side. So in this podcast, what I want to do is just talk about some of the strategies and the approaches to trading. I've used all throughout 2022 with shorting that less is more. I also think probably even more so during a choppy market, less is more. Choppy markets are by far the most difficult of markets to trade. They're hard for me and they're hard for most traders because when you're trading breakouts and when you're trading patterns that show a strong base and then the stock breaks out to the upside, it's very difficult to have confidence in those patterns that they'll last for any length of time. We can look at the NVIDIAs and the Teslas and play, well, look at those stocks. Those things rallied like 100%. Why not just trade those? But that's looking in hindsight. A lot of your stocks don't do that. A lot of your stocks have been trading sideways. And if you look at the market going back to May of last year, we're in March of 2023. You go back to May of 2022. And the reason why I also lay out the specifics of the date that we're in, if you're listening to the most recent podcast episode, and this is the one, you already know that it's March. But for the people listening five, 10 years into the future, I like to be very specific about the days. So in any case, we're in March 23 right now, going all the way back to May of 2022. SPY and the Qs are really unchanged. So you're looking at 10 months of price action where stocks have really gone nowhere. So it is a choppy market. It's a very difficult market. But have we known that for the last 10 months we were in a choppy sideways market? No. Because when you're in it in the very beginning, you don't know. Even halfway through it or in the middle of the range, you don't always know that you're in it. In October which would have been five months into it, halfway through. We were actually hitting new lows in the market, but when you look at it back in hindsight, we were essentially just trading in a sideways range. We were breaking a little bit below the June lows, and then we popped back up, and then we rallied back to where we were at from last May. And so in hindsight, yes, it looks very choppy, and it looks very obvious, but in October, was it obvious? No. Was it obvious in December, which was only two and a half months ago? No. In December, we were actually having one of the worst months of the trading year, and then followed by January, which was one of the best Januaries of all time. And then February looked like it was going to take off, but then it faded at the very end. So oftentimes, the reality of being in a choppy market is seen best in hindsight. But one of the things that we have to do as traders is that when the trades are not working, when the trades are struggling to really produce substantial gains, is for us to recognize that and to start trading less, not to trade more. For instance, much of 2022, I was trading a lot of your inverse ETFs that were like two to one, three to one. I had no problem doing it, mostly two to one. But there was a few times where there was three to one. Now it's all one to one. Why? It's because in a very choppy market, those two to one and three to one leveraged ETFs will really mess you up. They will get you stopped out really fast. And so with the one to ones, what I'm essentially trying to do is avoid a lot of that churning that takes place in the portfolio. A lot of that back and forth gyrations where if you're trading SQQQ and TQQQ and the NASDAQ rallies 2%, you're down 6% on your SQQQ long position and then you're out. And that can happen within one day. Whereas if you have a 4% stop loss on PSQ, which is a one-to-one -one inverse ETF of the Qs, you may be able to stay in the trade for longer. And if you do get stopped out, you're not getting stopped out as big of a loss. You don't have to have as big of a stop loss. So you have time on your side to see if that trade's going to work out. And you also have the benefit of a tighter stop loss, all because you're not choosing to go to that three to one route. And I get that this is not popular. I see uh, Facebook groups where people are in these three to one inverse ETFs and they trade like maniacs. 
And then they do like options on these things, which is even crazier. It's like they're doing leverage on leverage. So in a choppy market, really for me, the best way to not get churned up, to not get stuck in a major drawdown, because that's what a lot of people are doing right now, probably bigger drawdowns right now than a lot of people experienced in the first five months of 2022 or even through October of 2022. Because when you start getting this back and forth and this choppy price action, it's only getting choppier right now. It's easy to create massive drawdowns because you're getting long, you're getting stopped out there, you're getting short, you're getting stopped out there. Yes, I've been stopped out plenty of times this year, but my trading has been fewer than even last year. And last year, my trades lasted longer and the games were pretty sizable, but I didn't trade as much. I let the volatility of the markets do a lot of my work for me, do a lot of the heavy lifting. This year, the volatility's down, the market's not really showing clear direction for the past 10 months. And so, and in particular, over the last two months, it's been extremely choppy. So I'm letting the one-to-one inverse ETF keep me from getting constantly stopped out of positions, taking on too many trades and over-trading my account and taking on too many losses. And the other thing too, when you're trading with three-to-ones or even two-to-ones, the reset is an absolute killer. And for those who don't know, three-to-one inverse ETFs, in order to be able to give you two-to-one and three-to-one every single day, they have to reset each and every day. That stock resets so that it can provide you with the three-to-one or the two-to-one. Now I can get into a little bit more of the numbers behind it, but it's not an easy thing to explain on a podcast. So I would probably just tell you to Google it because there's a lot better articles that'll probably explain a whole lot better than me, but they have to reset it every day, which creates a form of time decay on these inverse ETFs that are leveraged. And so not only are they getting chopped up and getting taken out of these markets, if they're staying in them for any long time, let's say they're not using stop losses at all, then they're getting reset every single day to where even if the market does go in the direction that you need with your inverse ETFs, it's going to still require so much more of a move than what you originally needed just to be able to make up for all the resets that took place while you were holding that stop. And it resets every single day. One of the reasons why I trade predominantly the one-to-ones now, because I'm not having to deal with that time to decay like what they're dealing with. One of the other questions that Rupert asked about is trading in these ranges. He talked about this book on investing that he's reading, The Swing Trading Bible. I've heard of it. I've never, I want to say I might've read it. I don't know. But it mentions short-term envelopes giving 5 to 15% wiggle room on a 21-day EMA. So essentially what he's using is bands, right? Bands, like people talk about them as Bollinger Bands, price bands. There's all different forms of them. And so when it starts, you're essentially fading moves, like fading extremes. And it can work as long as we stay in the pattern, but you don't know how long we're going to be staying in this choppy sideways pattern. So stocks like McDonald's, MCD, it has had a sideways channel essentially between 260 and 280 to where you could fade a lot of those moves when it gets to 260 or when it gets to 280, you fade them. And then you take something like Johnson & Johnson, J&J, going back to 2021, is essentially traded you know, in the 150s all the way up to the 180s, and it's been a good fading opportunity on both ends. But when they actually start to break down below that channel, you got to have a stop loss there to make sure that you get out because the fading only works as long as it works, essentially, because eventually there will probably be a breakout or a breakdown, and you don't want to be holding to where you're giving up all the games that you might have made while it was trading in that channel. But the problem is, is you take, for instance, J&J. It's traded in the mid-150s all the way up to mid-180s, going back to 2021. If you were to fade it, you had probably, I don't know, probably about three opportunities where you could have made some decent coins shorting it off of 180s, and then buying it, you could have probably made about one, two, four, three or four opportunities there. But you need all those data points in order to know that there's actually a channel to trade. Because 
if you had done it on the first dip down to 157 or 156 and you bought the dip, you were really just catching a falling knife at that point because there wasn't really a range back in 2021 that was well-established. Now that it's well-established, sometimes it can become almost too obvious, and then that's where the breakdown starts to happen. Or the market conditions that allowed for it to trade in a sideways range for such a long period of time eventually changes. And so when you start to notice it on the charts, this sideways range with all these different data points and it looks crystal clear, then at some point, the market conditions do change. Maybe the Fed starts hiking rates or cutting rates, or maybe Congress defaults on the debt ceiling and you get this huge dynamic shift in the market. Or going back to 2020, you had the COVID pandemic and that shut down the entire economy. So you can have these new variables that come in that render these channels useless. But one of the things I would probably say too is that I think it's hard to play breakouts and channels at the same time. I think oftentimes, at least maybe for me, I'm one of those people that um, not the best multitasker. I can do one thing really good, but I can't really do a couple of things. Now, my wife, this woman does more than I could ever imagine doing in a single day before I even wake up on a Saturday morning. She's amazing. Like she, I watch her, like she comes home from work and she cooks the whole family a meal and she's cooking the family a meal and she's talking to her grandma on the phone and somehow she's like mopping the floors while I'm just trying to figure out how to work the espresso machine. Actually, she makes me espressos too. I should, <laughs> I can't take credit for that, but I actually did try to do it the other day and it was like, the thing was practically going to blow up on me when I tried to make it for myself. But Needless to say, she's a wonderful person, wonderful wife. I love her to death, but she's a great multitasker. If I could do what she's able to do in terms of juggling so many projects and so many things, I mean, I see her at work. She's got these planners and she can meet with people and she can answer emails and she can text people all at the same time. If I tried to do that, nothing would get done at all. I can't multitask. I really just can't. So I may be speaking from personal experience when I think, that it's difficult to be, okay, I'm going to trade sideways in a market, but I'm also going to be a person who's trading breakouts and bull flag pattern breakouts and head and shoulder breakdowns. It's possible, but I think it's difficult. One of the things that I try to do if I'm going to do that is I have separate accounts. For me, for instance, I have a long-term account. I have a dividend account. I like to split those things up because I don't want all those things in my portfolio at once because then it starts to mess with you in terms of managing risk, trying to allocate position sizes and everything else because you've got too many objectives competing at the, in the same account. So it, for me, if I was to trade channels and I was to trade breakouts, I'd have to have them broken up into two separate accounts. I just would. And maybe that's not for everybody, but I think for me, I would have that objective. Okay, this is a sideways trading account. This is a breakout account. Sounds kind of crazy, but I think that's how I'd have to do it. And one thing that I would definitely encourage you guys to also do is... Check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. You knew I was going to put this plug in there, but you got to check it out. It's all of my stock market research each and every day. With it, you're going to get all of my daily watch lists, my master updated bullish and bearish watch lists that I do each week. Plus, you're going to get tech updates. You're going to get market updates. And the cool thing about it is, is that most of it's in video format. So you're getting videos, really good videos that are going to be detailing different trade ideas and my watch list and everything. Really cool stuff. So I would highly encourage you guys to check it out. And in the process, you're supporting this channel. So just go to swingtradingthestockmarket.com for that. Now, to summarize everything we've talked about, because I think we've talked about it a lot, choppy markets are very difficult. I remember 2015 being a very, very difficult market. It was predominantly sideways. And I think at the end of the year, it finished slightly lower overall. 
But I remember that was a hard market. It was exhausting because you just couldn't get conviction to stick one direction or the other. And so one of the things I wish I would have probably done more back then that I'm doing now is to have traded less. Like one of the things I think is helping me out through some of these, this difficult trading moments here is the fact that I am trading less. I'm not, you know, going all on red or all on black. I'm essentially staying predominantly in cash until I can get some kind of momentum to sustain in one direction. And a lot of times, like for instance, Rupert, he talked about J and J and McDonald's and Coke stock symbol KO being good sideways trading channels, and they are. I'd also throw in NEE. I mean, it tends to bounce off of that 70 level quite a bit until it doesn't, of course. And they also have some dividends. Like, I think Coke has a good dividend, NEE, maybe not as good as it used to be. It used to be like 4 or 5% you could always get off of it. It's It's gone up so much over the years that it doesn't really have the dividend keeping up with the share price. But there's a lot of good dividend plays out there. And, you know, some of those big-time staple plays like McDonald's and like J and J or Kraft Heinz, which is KHC, they offer good dividends and they offer low volatility and, or beta, if you want to call it. And let's remember too, that a lot of people are getting their heads handed to them, trading the three to one inverse ETS, both long and short, because if you get caught on the wrong side of them, it can be devastating to the account. If you're doing SQQQ and, it, and NASDAQ rallies 3%, you're down 9%. And then the next day it might drop 3% and then you could have made it all back up. But in the meantime, it's resetting every day. So it's actually difficult to hold for a long period of time. And if you're not using stop losses and you find yourself bag holding one of these inverse ETFs, man, long term, it can be really devastating to your account. If you don't believe me, look at SQQQ over the years and what the share price has done. I mean, it, the reset is brutal on those in both directions. So be careful. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would encourage you to leave me a five-star review. I need those. I really appreciate those. So many of you have done it for me over the years. And if you haven't yet, just take five minutes out of your day and do it for me. I, it would mean a great deal to me. And make sure to send me your questions. Ryan at shareplanner.com. I read them. I put them on the air. I'm kind of low these days. I'm not getting as many as I would have liked. I think sometimes people think, oh, he won't, he won't put it on the air. I put, I would say, at least 95% of them on air. If I haven't put yours on the air, send it back to me again. And maybe I just overlooked it. That's possible too. I'm not a good multitasker, remember? So there's a chance I might've been reading yours while trying to place a trade or something. And I completely blew it and forgot to put it on the podcast. So send it back to me if I have not made an episode out of it yet. As always, check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Thank you guys and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Trading Block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world with your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on Shareplanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 